ever watch a movie or a TV show and think to yourself, man, I've seen this before, or this is a ripoff of blank? So now let me ask you this. If professionals can fall victim to cliches, then how can you avoid them in your creative work? Let's find out, shall we? From Phil Speedtech comes a weekly digital series where he shares his insights, concepts, and findings learned during his 15-year journey of working in the entertainment industry. Each lesson offers you a roadmap to overcome the challenges that all artists face on the path to success. Welcome to Phil Speedtech Podcast. Hello and good day, wonderful artist. I'm Phil Speedtech, and with this series is my mission and simultaneous pleasure to help you master mental fortitude because it takes way more than just skills, talent, and luck to succeed in the entertainment industry. In this episode, I'm going to teach you how to avoid cliches in your creative projects. On the surface, that may seem like a technical skill, but in order to really understand and apply it, you'll have to maintain mental resolve. Don't worry though, I'll explain what I mean by that when the time comes. Before I kick things off though, allow me to invite you to subscribe if you haven't already done so. Doing this will alert you of new lessons that I post. Thank you if you just subscribed. All right, let's get going. First off, what is a cliche? It's anything that is overused and betrays a lack of original thought. Here's a couple of very specific cliches from movies. One, mobile phones work almost anywhere unless it's important that they do. Two, shooting at a lock with a pistol opens it very easily. Three, in a two-cop partnership, only one of them can be streetwise, own a cool car, or have a family. Four, a dam has only one purpose, and that's to break. Five, people marooned on desert islands soon learn to make almost anything from bamboo. So that gives you five of them. I've included a link in the description to an article that highlights more if you want to check it out. The ones I mentioned might not seem so bad. And if done right, the cliches mentioned won't bother audiences that much. For example, the movie Ride Along falls victim to the two-cop partnership cliche, and yet is a hilarious movie. Where cliches become a problem is when they dictate the core of your work. That's the inherent problem with any creative work. From its inception, an idea is riddled with cliches. For those of you who have been following this series, know that I encourage you very much so, and everyone else, to be as creative as possible. As part of that, it is my belief that we're all capable of having many ideas. That's part of the brain's primary function, to think. And in fact, most of us can think of many ideas that we call our artistic vision. So many ideas we think of, we filter out. We say to ourselves, that's no good. The ones that pass this filter become good ideas. And the ones that we think are really good, we get so excited about that we just want to get going on, right? And that's absolutely fantastic. And it's not my intent to diminish your enthusiasm. But here's a truth. Any idea that you have at the onset of a creative project is bound to be riddled with cliche. But don't worry, this is not an isolated issue. This certainly applies to me, but it also applies to the greatest artists out there, whether past or present. It applies to everyone at the core of any idea, no matter how unique it feels, it's actually just influenced by certain aspects of things seen during our lives. Now, I'm not assigning it a judgment value, Your ego may be saying that right now. It might be telling you all your ideas are great and that, in fact, what I'm saying is just absolute BS. But it's just not the case. Ideas are riddled with cliche. I'm not saying it's a bad thing or there's anything wrong with you. It just is what it is. I'm not discouraging you to toss out an idea because it begins with cliched elements. When you have an idea that compels you, 
Well, then there's an obvious feeling behind it, right? A feeling of, let's say, joy, excitement, whatever. Let's just term it passion. I don't want you to lose that passion. Like I said, everyone's initial idea has cliches. Great art puts an idea through the ringer and squeezes out as many cliches out of it as possible until the only thing that is left is its universal beauty that resonates deeply with audiences worldwide and across time. That is the goal, certainly for me with my art. And it is why we love to consume art in the first place, because it forges a human connection with us through the story's universal truth. And in order for your art to resonate in such a deep and impactful way, you have to strip it of cliches. It might seem ironic that in order for a piece of work to contain universal truth, you must eliminate the cliches. But the reason this actually works is because if you rid cliches from your work, then all that's left is a profound truth told from your unique point of view that draws people in and demands their attention. In order to achieve this, the answer is simple. While it may be simple, it's not always easy. What you must do is work. You must hone that idea and question it from all angles. Examine it to get to the piece of art that you're really after. Deep down, what you're trying to actually convey. Cliches crop up because we're too afraid to release our ideas into the world. And so we try to protect it with aspects people are already familiar with. And that's very sad. Don't be afraid. Work through this fear. Keep discovering your true intent. Oftentimes, that's what makes the act of creating something so exhilarating. We learn about ourselves through our art. This is your task. This is the artist's journey. Work hard in order to bring your art and message to the world and to yourself. Part of that work is having patience because it will take time. This is the mental aspect I alluded to earlier. The more quickly you try to rush the creative process, the more cliches will be evident in your work. I see this all the time with Hollywood movies. Large sections of films seem underdeveloped. And when I do my research, it's because the writers or the director, producers, needed to make a decision fast. They were rushed to complete a deadline rather than complete a work of art. If the project you're working on is your own, like a passion project, give it the time it needs. Your desire is to get it done. It's going to be burning inside of you. And trust me, I get it. I tend to be quite impatient. I always want my projects done yesterday. Just ask any of my friends like Alina Vision or Daryl Kristen or Juliet Bieber. But it doesn't work like that though. The more I push based on completion time, the worse the result is. The more relaxed I am and the more focus I put into the creative side, the reason why I began the project, the better it becomes. So spend time developing a project, working it, reworking it, and revising it until it's as good as you can make it. You might hit some mental walls, but don't give up. If you find yourself stuck, check out my episode called How to Get Out of a Creative Rut. In that lesson, I offer many ways to overcome such challenges. So that's the first method for avoiding cliches. Patiently work on your project until you eliminate them. But that raises a good question, doesn't it? How do you know what's a cliche and what's not? Well, in order to identify them in your own work, you must have a wealth of information to be able to measure against, right? What do I mean by this? You have to be an avid appreciator of the arts. If you love poetry, and that's what you want to write, then you have to read the works of other poets. Study poetry so that way when you sit down to write your own, you can know what's good 
about poetry and apply it to your own drafts. This is called craft. You'll learn the techniques and perhaps eventually be able to break the so-called rules to invent something entirely new. That's exciting, isn't it? But also by enjoying other people's works, you'll start to be influenced by their art and be able to identify aspects that you're simply mimicking in your own work versus drawing inspiration from. The wider the range of work you take in, the more cliches you can spot and eradicate from your own projects. Don't limit yourself, right? Rom-coms, admittedly, are not my favorite genre of movies, and yet I go see them to make sure I understand them. Same thing with horror movies. For the longest time, I avoided horror movies like they were the plague. Maybe I was just scared, admittedly. I don't know. Now, I love them. The best ones utilize such great artistry in terms of sound design, camera work, acting, etc. They're able to build moments of tension. And by watching them, I've learned to develop more suspense without dialogue in my own scenes, even when it's not a horror film. By the way, bad horror films are some of the most cliched movies out there. They end up relying on jump scares rather than building meaningful story to ramp up our fears. And that's why I caution you, start by studying the best. Some term this as study the classics. I agree with this. Learn how a medium developed over time and begin to see how one piece of art informed and led to another, and then another, and then another, and so on. The greatest works of art are termed that way because collectively, we have agreed that it holds a certain value. Those works utilize amazing craftsmanship and storytelling to convey a universal truth. You might not always agree with it, but there's something there. You can study other works too, but I warn you that often what makes the other works not deemed masterpieces is that they are filled with cliches. And I don't want you picking up bad habits. Start with the good stuff first, then expand. By the way, successful artists advocate consuming as much art as you can. Let's take Stephen King. Stephen King says that those who don't have the time to read can't write. Whether you like his writing or not, I think we can all agree that objectively, Stephen King is a very successful writer. His output is simply amazing. But did you know he reads even more voraciously than he actually writes? It's insane. Filmmaker Quentin Tarantino watches many, many movies, and he talks about it all the time. Martin Scorsese is the same way. They have a love for the cinema, so do the same. Really take in more than you create, so that way you learn what works and what doesn't, and therefore you can create something uniquely yours in an otherwise specific framework. An easy example of this is sitcoms, which stands for situational comedies, most of which are about families with a mom, a dad, and a couple of kids. On the surface, that sounds dry, but look at, let's say, Family Matters, F is for Family, That 70s Show, All in the Family, The Simpsons, Blackish, Family Guy, and on and on and on, and I could go on forever. Each of these is vastly different from the rest. Beyond the family aspect, what makes them work is the number of jokes per minute, and furthermore, they're not recycling those jokes from other places. They are coming up with their own. If they borrowed from other sources, audiences wouldn't laugh because they heard it before. It's called the law of diminishing returns. And that's what the byproduct of a cliche is when all is said and done. So take the framework of great art, but fill it with your own voice. And the more you immerse yourself in art, the easier this becomes. 
especially when you combine it with your hard, diligent, and patient work ethic. Develop these good habits. And speaking of good habits, it's very important to learn when you work best. It's an aspect we don't think about often. Business author Daniel Pink, who has written books such as When, Drive, and A Whole New Mind, noticed that we generally schedule parts of our life based on availability rather than timing. In this sense, timing refers to the time of day that a task is best fitted for. If you're most energetic and creative in the morning, you should do your work then. If it's at night, do it then. The reason for this is because when your mind isn't at its creative, you're much more apt to fill your work with cliches. Don't get me wrong. If all you have is an hour to dedicate after a grueling workday, then utilize it because you can always revise something. But there will come a point where you'll need to assess your work from a clear and fresh perspective. And this can only happen when you're at your best, when you're energized, when your mind is creative, and you're excited to tackle it rather than seeing it as a chore. As much as you can, work from that state of being. Discover when that is. For more information on this idea, pick up Daniel Pink's book, When, The Scientific Secrets of Perfect Timing. It's a great read. Or you can listen to him on Tony Robbins' podcast. The last component to avoiding cliches, though, is to get feedback from others. Try as we might, we're not always going to be able to spot our own problems in our own work. It's a symptom of being too close and invested in the work. You've been in the trenches day to day, and they haven't. They have a more bird's eye view of your work. Asking those you trust to constructively critique your work will offer you valuable insights. So don't be afraid to ask for it. In fact, I encourage you to talk about your ideas from inception to gauge reaction from people. The earlier you do this, the more work you can actually avoid. You'll know which aspects of your idea have cliches, and your mind can already begin to solve for them. I did a whole lesson on why you should never hoard your ideas, and avoiding cliches was one of the reasons. I welcome you to check out that episode as well in case you're on the fence about discussing your ideas, especially early on. There you have it. Those are the simple ways to avoid cliches in your creative work. Have patience while you diligently examine and sculpt your project. Study the craft by immersing yourself in other people's art. Schedule to work on your art at times when you're most creative and energetic. And lastly, ask for feedback. Simple, right? Simple maybe, but easier said than done. But you can do it. I know it. And when you do, your art will speak and affect people out in the world. That's a great gift you're able to impart on the world, isn't it? Well, that's a wrap. But don't click away just yet to another lesson of mine because I'd love to hear from you. What cliches do you see in your field? Let me know. Also, if ever you're finding that your work does have cliches, you can always review the transcript of this episode to help you out. And my website also has tons of other free resources for you. Links are all provided below. Also, I invite you to check out my recent short film called A Very LA Birthday. It's only about five minutes and it would mean a lot if you actually checked it out. Lastly, a huge thank you to the people that helped make this episode possible. If you too would like to support this show, you can either head on over to my Patreon or support some of my merch from my store. Or you can simply tell a friend about the show. Thanks for tuning in. I'm at Phil Svitek on social media, and I'll see you next Wednesday with another lesson of mine. Bye.